0: Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. The enemy is increasingly out in the open. For a hundred years, he tried to keep in the shadows. But as his plans for open rule began to converge with the political and racial awakening of white Americans, the enemy reveals himself, or herself, as the case may be, more and more. What sometimes we're tempted to see as relentless bad news, anti-white pronouncements, increased censorship of white voices, criminalization of white resistance to our ongoing genocide, is really good news in that our enemies are forced to show their hand to the whole nation, pushing millions of white people out onto the path from which there is no turning back. And the issues themselves, which are behind this showing of the enemy's hand, the issues that are driving our people's awakening, are also peaking, culminating, boiling over, and that is good news too. Both of these trends mean that whites are increasingly aware that they have been targeted and marked for replacement, genocide, and death. Both of these trends mean that more and more whites now know that it is the Jewish power structure that is the driving force behind the genocide. Let's meet the enemy. Self described conservative Jennifer Rubin is a perfect example. Rubin is a Jew. A Jew with a fairly obvious mulata look about her. She's one of those Jews that practically no one, even the most clueless, would mistake for white. The biological mimicry gene is just a tad weak in her line, I suppose. Reuben's New York Jewish family relocated to L.A., back at the height of the counterculture revolution in 1968. She became a high-powered labor lawyer. Hardly a typical CV for a conservative pundit, you'd think. But that's exactly what she became, despite a distinct lack of writing and speaking talent. Must have had some solid inside connections, though, since in just a few years, after starting from nothing, she became a Washington Post heavyweight columnist and pet conservative. After 15 years, she finally dropped the conservative label, because, she said, there were too many racists and nationalists on that side. Now she's come right out with it, and that's a good thing. She's celebrating the death of the white race, specifically the decline of white Americans as described in a recent release from the 2020 U.S. Census. The Census reports that the white population in the U.S. declined for the first time since 1790, receding from 63 to 57% of the total, with the white percentage of under 18s dropping even more precipitously to 47.3%. Rubin sees this as something to celebrate tweeting, quite ungrammatically, for an alleged writer, A more diverse, more inclusive society. This is fabulous news. Now we need to prevent minority white rule. Perhaps she was so overcome with happiness that she could barely type through tears of joy. How much more obvious does it have to be? A talentless Jewess, ensconced at a high level in the media through the near-universal nepotism of our ruling class, ecstatic with joy at the also almost universal white despair, death, and decline. A Jewess who presumes to dictate what our morality should be, and what our future should be. A Jewess who looks like Maxine Waters' second cousin once removed. A Jewess who pied-pipered stupid conservatives for over a decade into supporting Israel, Israel's wars, and Jewish capital's rape of the world through free trade, and who then drops the mask and essentially says, die, just goddamn die, you racist nationalist whites. Conservatives who still don't get it after that, well, there's no hope for them, and they deserve everything they get. The post article linked by Reuben has a promo at the bottom for another post piece on the consequences of the browning of America with the title Prepare for a Long Period of Political Rage. The new census data shows why. To which I say, you got that right, Charlie. When one considers what kind of person you have to be to be one of Jennifer Rubin's Twitter followers, and when one considers how many purges upon purges of independent thinkers Twitter has had lately, it's amazing and hilarious to see how much pushback Rubin is getting for her gloating. I'd say half of the responses are from racially conscious whites, Castigating her and laughing at the Jews' over the top hypocrisy when it comes to open borders for all white countries and closed borders for sacred Israel. One commenter says, quote, Open borders for Israel. Close quote. Another rewrites Rubin's tweet so that it closely follows the sentence structure of Barbara Lerner Spector's famous admission of the Jewish leadership of the anti-white campaign in Europe. Yet another says to Rubin, quote, "'Maybe you should give up your job in favor of a person of color so as to make the press more diverse as well,' close quote. Another comments, quote, "'Jewish journalists, don't you just love them?' I mean, they really don't seem to like we white folks much, do they? The contempt is age old. Close quote. Another asks, quote, Why don't you just kill the white people like they did in South Africa? Close quote. To which yet another answers, quote, Oh, that's in the plan, but we're not at the stage where she can openly say it yet. Close quote. I'd add that we're just two steps away from that stage now. Things escalated pretty quickly in 1920s Russia, too. It just took a few months, really, to go from all power to the Soviets to knocks on the door at 1 a.m. Bloody clubs and rooms you don't leave alive. That's how the Jews roll when they hold all the cards. The thought of such things makes a certain kind of person ecstatic. It makes a certain other kind of person join and support the National Alliance. On the bright side, All this increasing awareness means Jews like Reuben may have a really good fight on their hands before they get hold of the requisite cards. They may never get hold of them if, as National Vanguard star writer Douglas Mercer puts it, the first wave of arrests goes well. Reuben may well have signed her own arrest warrant. This increasing awareness of Jewish power is a very real thing. Our educational efforts, and the Jewish power structure's unintentional support of our educational efforts, are bearing beautiful, wonderful, fertile fruit. Just the other day, the premier Jewish anti-white hate group, the ADL, posted what would a few years ago have just been another lying and yawn-inducing article on the case that was instrumental in their founding, the 1913 Leo Frank case. Frank was an Atlanta B'nai B'rith official and Jewish sweatshop owner who was convicted of the sex murder of a 13-year-old white girl, Mary Fagan. When the Jews used their muscle and money and media control to vacate his death sentence, vigilantes, composed of prominent Atlanta citizens, carried out the death sentence themselves. The ADL said as an introduction, quote, 106 years ago today, Leo Frank was lynched in Georgia by an anti-Semitic mob. His murder was driven by the pervasive anti-Semitism of the time, and his story reminds us why must continue our fight against that hate today. The ADL's boilerplate, repeated for at least the hundredth time, was brought to my attention by a truth-telling site run by the great-niece of Mary Fagan, Leo Frank's victim, Mrs. Mary Fagan Keene. LittleMaryFagan.com. She writes, quote, making an impact. ADL narrative highly questioned on Twitter. We have literally never seen this level of questioning of the official narrative on the Leo Frank case before. This is truly extraordinary. After the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, published one of their typical pieces on Twitter promoting the endlessly repeated idea that Leo Frank was innocent and a victim of anti-Semitism, the response of people on Twitter was overwhelmingly against what the ADL was saying. Out of hundreds of replies, over 95% by our count, were critical of, even mocking, the received narrative. Truth telling websites such as this one, as well as the American Mercury.org, Leofrank.info, and Leofrank.org are truly making a major difference. Close quote. And the responses are indeed 95% at least counter to the ADL. Let me read just a few of them to you. One says, Evidence that the South was pervasively anti-Semitic? Highly implausible. Another, I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, where the lynching happened, and lived in downtown Atlanta, near the pencil factory site. Family, same, before 1915. ADL is full of it. Pervasive? No. No. There's a Jewish section of Oakland Cemetery nearby. Many were integrated in the community. Frank was guilty. Another comment. Replies to this tweet restored my faith in humanity. Another. Why is the ADL constantly defending criminals of all sorts, even those from over a hundred years ago? Another said BLM should be against the ADL. Another, oh, why did they do that to him? Another, LMAO, the ADL is getting obliterated by non gripers in the chat. This is epic. Another, how do you feel about child labor? Another, 106, I thought it was 109. That's a reference to how many countries Jews have been expelled from. Another, Hmm, sounds very believable. I definitely won't research this at all. (laughs) Another, I bet 100 bucks ADL will do the same with Epstein in two decades. Another, didn't they try to pin the murder on a black man? Another, America's ambassador looks back forlornly at Cabell's incomplete Holocaust museum before boarding an evacuation helicopter. (laughs) Comes with a picture. The next one. Never heard of him, but I doubt you'll tell us the full story. Another. Frank was guilty. Another. Proud of this comment section. You are all heroes of justice. Another. LMAO. He was guilty. Another. He was guilty. Yet another. We very nearly would be remembering the state execution of an innocent black janitor, too. End of comments. So, those are just typical. This is the reality the Jews are facing. Even with a supine white majority, an ever-growing segment, the best and brightest and most free-thinking segment of the white population is wise to their schemes and their lies. An increasing number of non-whites is aware of them, too. Jews and the Washington regime they control are no one's friends. Seems to be the overarching lesson that millions are learning. Mary Fagan Keene's website, and the American Mercury, and the Leo Frank Archive, and the Leo Frank Case Research Library, have all made a difference in the public perception of the Leo Frank case, even after the Jews had the only megaphone in sight for nearly a hundred years. Things have changed now, thanks to a lot of hard work by a lot of dedicated people. The National Alliance's educational efforts over the last half century have made a difference in the public's perception of the Frank case and much, much more than the Frank case, too. The cat is out of the bag. The white race is in danger. The Jews are the culprits. The Jews lie to you and steal your wealth. And if you let them, They will take your entire country away from you and leave you dead. That's the message that millions are getting now. An ominous message, perhaps, but not a hopeless one. We can build a nation for our people, free of Jewish hate and Jewish exploitation and genocide. For everyone who hears that message, for everyone who helps spread it, for everyone who joins with the National Alliance in doing something about it, it is a ray of light and hope. I'm asking you to join your hope, your efforts, your light to ours today.